strike time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to another edition of Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse, along with you each week, as we bring you news and notes from the Tribe and Major League Baseball. Great to have you with us as we join you from Progressive Field for this week's show, and it is the second in a two-part series of our year in review. Last week, we took a look at the Indians' outstanding pitching staff, a lot of the great starting pitchers that were such a big part of this year's American League Central Division champions. This week, we take a look at the position player portion of the roster and some of the great seasons that were had by the likes of Francisco Lindor, Jose Ramirez, Michael Brantley, Jan Gomes, and many others. That will be coming your way shortly as uh, we'll take a look back at some of the great highlights some interviews from all of those involved in a team that ended up finishing in the upper echelon in the American League in terms of runs scored and team batting average and a lot of the other offensive numbers as well. One that stands out in particular, the Indians, for the first time in their long, illustrious history, which goes back to 1901 when they were a charter member of the American League. First time this season they were the American League leader in stolen bases. So a lot to like in terms of what happened offensively this season, and we will get to it after this short break as Tribe Talk rolls on on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And again, this is our year in review show, the position player side of things, and we begin with one of the bright young stars in Major League Baseball today, shortstop Francisco Lindor. What a year again, and we have said that in each of his Major League seasons so far. This year he hit 277 for the average, but 38 home runs and 92 runs driven in, 25 stolen bases, all three of those categories, career highs for Frankie Lindor, and in fact, he was the first shortstop in Major League Baseball history with a season where he hit 35 or more home runs, 40 or more doubles, and stole 20 or more bases. No one has ever done that as a shortstop in Major League Baseball history, and he also led Major League Baseball in runs scored this season with 129. There were some great moments for Lindor, and maybe none better than very early in the season. Remember back in April, mid-April, the Indians played the Minnesota Twins in a two-game series down in San Juan, Puerto Rico? Well, that was home for Francisco Lindor, and he did not disappoint the hometown fans at Hiram Bithorn Stadium in San Juan back on April the 17th against the Twins. It was Lindor who ignited the crowd in the series opener. Big pitch in this game, and the fans can sense it. 
Three and two, the count on Lindor. Here it comes. Curveball, swung on, hit high and deep to right. Back on it is Grossman at the track, looks up. That ball is gone. Home run, Lindor. They're going bonkers in Puerto Rico. Second home run on the season for Lindor, but a home run he'll never forget. 2-0 Tribe. It looked like Grossman had a play on it, and then all of a sudden he ran out of room, leaped at the fence, and the ball just cleared his glove. And a curtain call from Lindor. And the following day, we had a chance to catch up with Francisco Lindor. And just to kind of take you inside the process of how we grab players and what it means to have a player like Francisco Lindor on the team, he was swamped commitment-wise during the the two-and-a-half, three days down in Puerto Rico, the off day and then the the two game days as uh, it was a, a hometown hero coming home, and that meant visits to schools, the school that he went to before he came to the States as a teenager, and uh, just media commitments left and right. So he hits that home run that you just heard in the series opener, and it helped the Indians to a win in that game. And the next day he was swamped again, and you may recall the power went out on the entire island. And as a result, there were some thought that maybe the game would not be played the following night. So we caught up with Frankie in a, a pitch black hallway leading from the dugout into the clubhouse. He just he wanted to duck away from uh, where he was just being swamped by media obligations and interviews and things like that. But he still gave us just a couple of minutes to talk about what truly was one of the greatest moments in his young major league career. Definitely in the top three, top three, top five. Um, it's, it's an extremely special moment for me, for my family, and the people here in Puerto Rico. Something I uh, I, uh, I dreamed of from growing up, and um, it's something I'll never forget. I'll never take it for granted. And when you look at being able to rise to that moment, not everybody can. You almost did in the first inning. Uh, just seeing the ball well and, and being able to focus despite all everything going on around you. Just trying to get a good pitch to hit. Get a good pitch to hit and try to um, drive it. It goes wherever it goes, it goes. The reaction. Uh, what was it like rounding the bases? Awesome, awesome. Um, very special. Um, something I'll never forget. And uh, just, just looking around, seeing everybody celebrating, it was definitely cool. And could you feel the crowd and sense it was different from a normal regular season game? Definitely, definitely, definitely. Since before the pitch was even thrown, I knew every, um, it was a special um, day. And um, just running out in the line and listening to the crowd, it's a special crowd, not like we used to in the regular season. Your mom was there. What did that mean to you? A lot, a lot. Seeing her and, and looking up in the stands and seeing her celebrating the way she was, it was something that uh, she worked for it and um, I owe it to her. We record this mid-afternoon, and, and I'm sure a lot of fans back home know that there's been another power outage here. When you look at, at what this series has meant to the folks in Puerto Rico, obviously they're still working through some things. What can it do for this this island to, to get it back on track? It's, it's, it, re, it united the people. It also brings a little bit of joy to the people because they forget all what's happening in the house and they focus on the game. So that's what it's all about here. The home run last night, obviously big, but was it just as big for you? To, to be able to go back to your elementary school and, and see some people maybe you haven't seen for a long, long time. Definitely, definitely. That was 
that's the highlight of the, the trip, going back and helping others. That's the highlight, and um, that's, that's what it's all about. All right, Francisco, thanks so much. Thank you. So that was following his big home run in Puerto Rico. Later on during the season, twice Francisco Lindor had two home runs and two doubles in the same game. The first Indians leadoff hitter with four extra base hits, again, as a leadoff hitter, since Terry Francona's dad, Tito, the original Tito Francona, did it for the Indians back in 1964. The first time that he did it, Lindor, the two home runs, the two doubles, was in a game on May the 12th, and we caught up with him afterwards to talk about what it meant to come up with an historic game, the two doubles, two home runs, four extra base hits. Four hits, Frankie, four extra base hits, first in the American League to do that this season. I know we talked earlier this week, you felt pretty good at the plate just for some simple reasons, and explain that and how that came into play today. I'm just um, trying to stay inside the baseball, find a good play, find a good pitch to hit and driving it. You know, it's mentality has a uh, mindset has a lot to play in it. Um, whenever you, your mindset is very positive, you can do things that you don't think you can do. Uh, and then the guys behind you, that's helping you a lot. It's, it's extremely special, as well as uh, Bambo and Victor. They helped me. Uh, yes, I told them I couldn't get to the outside pitch, and we talked about it. We, we did some stuff and got to the outside pitch today. And on a day like today, it didn't seem like it would be easy to hit home runs. I'm sure it's not, but not not the greatest conditions? Yeah, no, it wasn't a good day to, to hit home runs. It's just my I got lucky. Great placements. Um, I hit on the right time. There was no win when I hit the one opposite field, and the one, the one I hit down the line. I great placement. <laughs> Not sure if you're aware, but the last Indians leadoff hitter, four extra base hits in a game, Terry Francona's dad, the late Tito Francona, more than 50 years ago. What do you think when you hear that? It's I don't know. Andre told me um, in the interview before this. It's special. It's special, and uh, I guess this game is for him. And I know you're all about winning. Nice to get a, a win here, especially all around the way it was played. Yes, yeah, so that's the most important part of the day. Um, we got the W. We Everybody was healthy, and um, guys had great at-bats. The, the team was rolling today. Hopefully we can get going right now. All right, Frankie, thanks. Thank you. And, of course, Lindor had a flair for the dramatic throughout the season, including August the 9th, a walk-off home run against the Twins. Lindor. As the runner goes, swings and drives it! Deep right field! Goal! A joyous jaunt around the bases! And soon a home plate mobbing for Francisco Lindor! The Indians third Francisco Lindor wins it with a three-run home run. And the Indians are a walk-off winner, 5-2. to two. And Francisco Lindor, like Jose Ramirez, without question, American League MVP candidates. He gets his 29th home run. He now has 71 RBIs. And the Indians finally found some offense, all with two men out. And along the way, Lindor was outstanding again defensively. Fowler, the rookie center fielder, 
came in the Sonny Gray trade with New York. Allen's pitch to him. Swing and a looping liner towards short. Diving backhanded grab. What a play by Lindor. He gets up with a double fist pump. Lindor diving towards third. In the shallow grass area of left field. Keeps the game tied at three. Well, without that play, Oakland has the lead going to the bottom of the ninth. Instead, the Indians have a shot at a walk-off win. So there you have it, just some of the exploits of Francisco Lindor over the course of the 2018 season. And what turned out to be his double play partner the final month of the year and on into the postseason, Jose Ramirez, who started the year at third base and again at the plate despite a lengthy slump over the final month and a half of the season still posted career highs in many of the major categories. Boy, he's tried a number of times with that backdoor curve to the left-handed hitters, and he just can't throw it for strikes, at least here in the early going. He keeps putting that ball up in that level. It's going to be in the bleachers pretty soon. Now the 3-1 to Jose Ramirez. Swung in and hammered to deep right. Away, way back. Gone. Deep into the lower deck. Number 37 for Ramirez. And now 91 RBIs for one of the top players in all of baseball. Jose Ramirez patiently got into a hitter's count, and then he did not miss a fastball that was middle in. And Ramirez makes it 2 nothing Indians here in inning number one. So he is now tied with Boston's J.D. Martinez for the league lead in homers with 37. He finished hitting 270, 39 home runs for Ramirez, 105 driven in, all career highs and throw in 34 stolen bases, a career best as well. He had the first 30-30 season for the Indians since Grady Sizemore did it back in 2008. And uh, he, Grady, and Joe Carter are now the only Indians players with a 30-30 season. He also became the first Indians player with the 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases, but also 100 runs scored and 100 runs driven in, and just the 25th player in Major League history to accomplish that feat. So quite a year for Ramirez, even with the tough slump at the end of the season. And uh, just one of the great games that uh, Ramirez had, a two-home run game back on July the 30th. Ramirez batting 292, 30 bombs, 74 RBIs. Now the wind and the pitch. And he drives one into deep right field. Forget about it. one nothing Indians. Jose Ramirez drills one over the 23-foot wall in right. His fourth solo home run off Minnesota Twins pitching this year. And the Indians have the one nothing lead. And Jose Ramirez, every time he gets a home run, it's a new single-season high as he has hit his 31st home run. Here's Santana's 3-2. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball, deep right field. This one's back, still going. Home run, Jose Ramirez. He's done it again and tied this game at two. 
number 32 for Jose Ramirez. And once again, he is tied with J.D. Martinez now, the Red Sox outfielder at the top of the heap in home runs in the American League. And there it is, just one of the many great games that Jose Ramirez had this season. And uh, one of the other notes, and, and we began this segment with Francisco Lindor and we completed with Jose Ramirez they both had 80 extra base hits or more than 80 extra base hits this season. And they've done it now in back-to-back seasons. First time that has happened since Joe DiMaggio and Lou Gehrig did it for the Yankees back in 1936 and 1937. Both of them uh, constantly throughout the season were posting feats that you would look back on and have to go through the history books to find out the last time it happened in certain instances. That one right there is my favorite. <laughs> when you start talking about Joe DiMaggio and Luke Gehrig and something that they did, and then you put Lindor and Ramirez in that same record book for something that those two did, that's saying something and certainly quite an accomplishment for both. Stay with us. We'll have more of Tribe Talk after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, where it's the second of our two-part series on a look back at 2018, the position player side of things this week. And we continue with Tribe outfielder Michael Brantley, who had a real nice bounce-back season this year after really two seasons of injury-plagued years that really cut short his efforts to be a major part of this team. Well, this year he certainly was hitting in uh, a great spot in the lineup. Brantley found a home in the number two spot in the batting order on most nights, hitting between Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez. And at season's end, Michael Brantley, most importantly, played 143 games, hit 309, 17 homers, 76 runs driven in, had a 19-game hit streak in late May that held up as the longest in the American League, until the last weekend of the season when Kansas City's Whit Merrifield surpassed that mark. But uh, certainly a, a real nice season for Brantley. And early on, after he missed some time the first week of the season, making sure that his surgically repaired ankle was ready to go, it was an odd spring for him and that he really wasn't turned loose until the last 10 days, then was held off the active roster until a week into the season. Well, he was pleased with some of the early results when we had a chance to visit with Michael Brantley in mid-April down in Baltimore. I'm glad to be playing. Uh, that's first and foremost. Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm taking it one day at a time, not trying to do too much, and just glad to be out there competing with you know the great group of guys we have in this locker room and being back playing baseball again. I'm always happy. And uh, what are some of the challenges that you face when, when a spring is not normal by by maybe a regular standard that to try and get going the way you'd like? Yeah, just to kind of make sure that you're kind of caught up in, in baseball shape, I guess, and swing shape. Uh, that's why you have spring training. But for me, I was able to hit, you know, the whole time. Uh, every day down there, I was at spring training. And, you know, I transferred over to the start of the season. Hopefully, continue to keep going. And you make it look easy, which uh, is probably a good thing, but... Uh, how much work goes into to getting your swing where you like it to be? And, and are, were there any restrictions when you were coming back this time? Yeah, there was no restrictions with my swing when I was coming back this time, which was a huge plus. 
Uh, I do the same exact routine every day. Yes, it gets repetitive. Yes, I'm tired of doing the same thing, but I had success doing it, so I'm going to continue to do it. But uh, it's just more of just getting the reps and, you know, seeing different pitchers and getting to the flow of the game and understanding that, uh, you know, you have some good days and some bad days, especially early, especially in this weather. But at the same time, just staying even keeled and, you know, going out there and giving the best I can. And for Michael Brantley, some memorable moments this season, including a pair of walk-off base hits, one on August the 9th, another on September the 22nd. Outfielders shallow to a point where they can make the catch and try to throw Rajay Davis out at the plate. Infield in. The 1-1 to Brantley. A swing and a fly ball, deep left field. This is a game winner. It'll get over the head of Benintendi. Base hit. Tribe wins it. Michael Bradley does it again. He'll get mobbed out by first base as the Indians, in 11 innings, are able to beat the Boston Red Sox by a final score of 5-4 to four on a deep drive to left over the pulled-in outfield. Michael Brantley gets his second game-winning walk-off base hit of the year, and it took 11 innings, but the Indians have won it. The Tribe victorious in 11 over the Boston Red Sox by a final score of 5-4. to four. Well, there's your look back at the season for Michael Brantley, and if it does indeed turn out to be his final campaign as a Cleveland Indian, well, he put together an outstanding career as a member of the Indians. And again, don't rule out that Michael Brantley won't be back with this ball club in 2019. They are still working through things in terms of a potential contract for him. A couple of avenues to go there, and we'll certainly fill you in as we go in the offseason. Another hitter who had a nice bounce-back season this year, his best since his Silver Slugger campaign back in 2014, Indians catcher Jan Gomes. Gomes hit 266 on the year, 16 home runs and 48 runs driven in, and was tremendous over the season's final two months, and as always, behind the plate, just outstanding, threw out close to 30% of potential base stealers. A couple of highlights for Jan Gomes this season. Well, it began early on a frigid Sunday afternoon against the Kansas City Royals. Gomes would end a long ball game in the cold. Bowers payoff pitch. Runner goes, pitch hit high, hit deep to left. Jay is back, track, wall, this ball is... It is gone! It's a game-winning walk-off two-run home run to left. Jan Gomes has done it. The Indians in the bottom of the ninth inning walk it off on a towering blast to left by Jan Gomes. And the Indians are a three-to-one winner in the bottom of the ninth. Boy, it took a long time for any umpire to signal that it was a home run. But Jan Gomes, wind, no wind, 32 degrees or not, gives the Indians their first walk-off win of the year. A towering two-run homer to left, and it gets over the 19-foot wall, and the Indians get an unearned run in the eighth to tie it, and a booming homer from Jan Gomes in the ninth to win it. The final again today, the Indians three, the Royals one.
And then against that same Kansas City ball club in which he had great success against most of the season. Gomes on July the 2nd in KC this time on a dreadfully hot day. Well, he provided a spark for the Indians with the long ball again. Here's the 1-0 to Gomes. He swings and launches one high and deep to left into the bullpen. A grand slam for Gomes. And the Indians have turned this game completely around. It's the Tribe 6, Kansas City 4 on Grand Slam number 8 as a team for the Tribe. Grand Slams in back-to-back games for the Indians. What a remarkable year in terms of hitting with the bases loaded for the Tribe. And when we had a chance to catch up with Jan midway through the season, he talked about some of the keys to his success at the plate and some of the differences this year as opposed to seasons past. Uh, it's really just um, taking each at bat for what it is, uh, not getting so caught up on, you know, not getting the job done at one of the at-bats and just, uh, just moving on. And uh, it's really just communicating with a lot of the guys here. We have, uh, we have some tremendous hitters on our team and just try to talk to them, try to communicate and see what, what they see or see what uh, kind of any advice they can give you. And you mentioned that mental part of it, maybe letting a, a tough at-bat go and, and not thinking about it much. Any substitute for experience along those lines? I mean, you've been in this game for a little while now, and does, is that the biggest separator sometimes, just knowing what you've done in the past and being able to learn from that? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know, I went through some stretches where injuries got in the way and I was trying to get too much done. But then some stretches where just really each at-bat was like the end of the world. Like I had to think of every at-bat for, for what they are. And uh, it's one of those things, man. It takes some time to learn, and uh, I hope I can uh, help younger guys with it now. That's Tribe catcher Jan Gomes coming off an outstanding 2018 season. Stay tuned. More to come as we continue with Tribe Talk, our final segment coming your way next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you for our final segment from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Don't forget a couple of ways to listen to our program. Of course, you can catch it on the radio on the Indians Radio Network, on WTAM, our flagship stations, and then check your local listings for which affiliates carry the show. And uh, you can hear that each week uh, at some point during the weekend. We record during the off season each Saturday at 5 o'clock, so that uh, certainly is a time to keep an eye on for sure. But also you can catch it online at indians.com and in podcast form. Just go to Apple iTunes to pick it up on pot, on uh, uh, podcast form. You can do that on Apple iTunes. Just go to Cleveland Indians Podcasts, and you'll find it right there. We continue with our look back at 2018, the position player front. Yonder Alonso, new to the ball club this season, was the primary first baseman, ended up hitting 250 with 23 home runs and a career-best 83 runs driven in, and he got it going early. A couple of grand slams this season for Alonso, including one in Game 2 of the season in Seattle. Bases loaded, two down, no score, inning number one. The outfielder shallow but bunched in the gaps. The pitch, a swing and a long drive to deep right, away, back and gone. A grand slam to right, Yonder Alonso. 
in his fifth at bat for the Cleveland Indians, makes it 4 nothing, And Paxton not able to get off the hook. And Yonder Alonso, who ended last season with Seattle, has given the Indians a four-run blast in inning number one. And not only did Alonso make a contribution to the Indians on the field as expected, but he was also big in the community. In fact, he put together a great charity bowling outing right here in downtown Cleveland to help the boys and girls clubs of Northeast Ohio. And when we caught up with him to talk about that event, he says it was uh, certainly an area that hits close to home for him as a member of the boys club growing up as a youngster back in Miami. Basically, uh, it's something that, that I've always done uh, with my family and, and my friends. Um, it's just to, you know, I've been a part of the Boys and Girls Club since I got here to this country. So uh, the Boys and Girls Club for me um, is a, it's a huge, huge uh, place where um, kids like myself, like I did uh, at times where, you know, my parents were working three or four jobs. They were the, the caretakers and they're the ones that, you know, would take care of me uh, late at night. They were the ones that would uh, feed me. They were the ones that would help me with my studies. Um, they were the ones that, that would give me uh, uh, not only my education and help with my education, like tutors and things like that, but um, also I would play my, my baseball games there um, and things like that. So they're, the Boys and Girls Club for me and growing up was, was, was a big part of my life. Um, I was there since I was like nine years old all the way to till I was in high school. So, um, you know, it's just a chance for me to give back. And, and uh, you know, it's going to be on Sunday from 6 to 9 in the corner alley. Uh, and every, every, every penny is going to go to the Boys and Girls Club here in uh, Cleveland. So uh, I'm very, very excited and, and obviously humbled by the opportunity. At Yonder Alonzo, Indians first baseman, and uh, really entrenched himself in the community here during the 2018 season. Edwin Encarnacion had another solid year for the Tribe, hit 246 with 32 home runs, 107 driven in, only major league player to hit at least 30 home runs the last seven consecutive seasons. Four straight 30 homer, 100. RBI seasons for him as well. Extremely consistent. A slew of multi-home run games for Edwin Encarnacion this season. Here's Presley's pitch. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball to left. Way, way back there. Home run, Encarnacion. Into the third level. And Edwin Encarnacion has put the team on his back and turned this game around. The Indians grab the lead 4-3 on a three-run bomb from Encarnacion. But perhaps the most memorable home run for Encarnacion this year came in the season's first road trip, April the 2nd in Anaheim. Here it is, not your run-of-the-mill home run for Encarnacion. Encarnacion with a high drive, deep left field. Down the line it goes into the corner. It is a fair ball. It hit off the wall, not the pole. Encarnacion around second on his way to third. Ball still in the warning track. He's being waved home. There will be no throw to the plate. Edwin Encarnacion says yes indeed. You'll see something you've never seen before. That's me with an inside the park home run. How about that? So another solid year for the Tribe DH first baseman. For Jason Kipnis, a challenging season. The Indian second baseman ended up hitting 
230. He did club 18 home runs, and he drove in 75, but a dreadfully slow start really had him struggling heading into the All-Star break, and for that matter, heading into late August. But he finished strong, starting with a huge game on August the 26th in Kansas City, a day where he went four for five with a memorable home run at the end. Swung on, hit a high in the air, deep right field. Gordon's back on the track near the wall. He leaps and hits the top of the wall. Ricochets back toward right field. He's laying on the ground. Now he gets up, runs after it. On his way to score is Cabrera. Kipnis will try to score. Relay throw to the plate. He's in standing with an inside-the-park home run. And he high-fives the fans behind home plate. Jason Kipnis with an inside-the-park home run off the top of the wall in right. And the Indians lead it 12-5. to The 100th career home run for Kipnis and inside the parker. And the next day, we asked him what that meant to him. Uh, well, it's just fun. It's a fun milestone to reach. Uh, uh, anyone who's lucky enough to get there, there's a lot of guys who are, have gotten there who are going to get there and surpass that. So um, uh, it's not big in the record books or anything like that but it's big to me personally and um to do it with all the same team is it, the more you play for that team the more you get to appreciate uh what it means to be with that same franchise or organization the whole time and um coming up on a, a thousand games for them and that that's something that's pretty special to me and you know, i've always wanted to play a thousand games at a certain position for an organization i think that's when you, you you're, you're basically a, an era for that organization where you you're you have a slate of years that for that long time was you, and um, that's pretty neat. That's what one player wants to do always. Later on down the stretch for Kipnis, September the 19th would be another memorable night for him. He was sitting on 999 base hits as a Cleveland Indian when he came to the plate with a chance to win the ball game against the White Sox. Here it comes. Swung in and blasted to deep right. Away back. Goal. Jason Kipnis. Uh, no doubt about it. Bomb to right. The Indians win it 4-1. He sat dead red, and he didn't miss it. Wow, what a home run for Kip. And the next day, Kip talked about the at-bat as good a plate appearance as he had had all season. It was just one of those ones where the, the longer the at-bat went on, the more locked in I got and um, was able to wait him out, and he left a pitch because one of his change-ups out over the plate. And um, fortunate enough, because he, he threw pretty hard, I was able to maintain my balance throughout the at-bat and um, be in a good position and ready position to hit one like that. That's Jason Kipnis, Indians' second baseman for much of the season, who moved to the outfield over the final month to make room for Josh Donaldson and the ensuing move by Jose Ramirez from third base to second base. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us, and we will be on to the hot stove in earnest as teams will begin preparations for 2019. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network.